What's up, everybody? This is your host, Chris, and you're tuned in to episode three of Spit That Game. Listen, week nine of football. We've got a slow week of SEC football this week, but we are going to talk about some of those games that's going on. One game we're going to expound on in particular. Listen, the next 25 to 35 minutes, I just need you to spend that time with me. Sacrifice it for me, at least. This is your host, Chris. You're tuned in to episode three of Spit That Game. What's up, everybody? Week nine of football, and we are back. Listen, I know we want to get into these games this week. We don't have a lot of SEC games this weekend, but we do have a couple of good ones. Um, the first game, and 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 I want to get into this game because I'm going to expound a lot on this one. I believe this is one worth talking about for a second. Is this Auburn and LSU game? Listen, Auburn goes into LSU this weekend, into Death Valley. Um, they're coming off a game in Arkansas where they established the run. They're coming off a game in Arkansas where they just flat-out dominated on the defensive side of the ball. So going into that game, uh, Auburn's number nine, LSU's number two. Auburn, one loss, LSU undefeated. Uh, the defensive numbers, uh, the crazy thing is the 23rd and 24th, ranked total defenses uh, in the NCAA this year. I was talking with uh, an LSU fan earlier, uh, Alonzo Taylor. Uh, we were messaging back and forth on Facebook, and we kind of got into the tour point for a little bit, and I'll save some of that for the um, next week, next conversation we have about, you know, the LS preview of LSU and Alabama. But we did get into the Auburn game a little bit, and more so, um, we were talking about uh, looking at the Auburn game. Uh, he, he felt like um, LSU will win by 10 or more. Uh, and, and the resume, they, they, he was talking about LSU getting to the playoff, but we'll get into that at a different time. Um, um, Auburn defensive box, he said it, it's, it's a tough box. They can control the line of scrimmage against them. He feels it will be a good rest of the year. Uh, he feels like the wide receiver can go against the secondary will will be the matchup that separates us. Um, I'm in agreement with that. I believe uh, LSU has the receivers to beat uh, Auburn's secondary. And the reason I say that is because um, – Auburn's secondary can tackle well. They tackle very well in space. If you watch Auburn's defense, the, the DBs tackle well. But as far as coverage, um, they they don't cover well. They'll, they'll get a lot of pass interference calls. And, and honestly, me thinking about that game, I'm thinking about the fact that LSU has the number one scoring offense and the number three total offense in uh, college football right now. They have the number um, – um, they have the and, and watching this LSU team, they just look like a different team. And I'm watching this Auburn defense, and Auburn is a is a great defense on the front end, uh, on that front four, and that's the biggest question mark going into this weekend. Um, 
can Auburn secondary cover? Um, can Auburn secondary um, be physical at the line of scrimmage with those receivers of LSU? Um, the biggest key for Auburn's defense this week is going to be that front four. Can they keep uh, Joe Burrow in an uncomfortable position? And, and this is my take on how to beat that Auburn defense. Um LSU, you, you throw a couple of quick screens uh, to keep that defensive line honest, to keep them, um, you know, on their on their heels, as well as the, take advantage of the aggressiveness of that Auburn D line and throw some middle screens. Also, run stretch plays, run everything wide, keep it on the perimeter, and wear that defense down by making them move side to side rather than letting them get upfield. Um, and I would not play um, too tight on this Auburn defense. I would spread the field. I would um, run maybe three to four wide uh, receiver formations. Um, I would run one back and a tight end the whole game. Um, and, and looking at this game, it's going to have to be that type of game for LSU where they spread the field. Um, and I believe uh, that's that's their game plan this week. It should be their game plan this week. And also, uh, LSU did get good news in Baton Rouge. They are getting uh, their wide receiver Terrence Marshall back. So they've got another weapon for Joe Burrow to throw to. Uh, so it's kind of like a pick your poison for Auburn. Um, i, I, I got to believe that Auburn may shut down the run. But if you spread the field uh, and make them run side to side, run stretch plays, um, run screens, um, just run short slants, make that defensive line frustrated. I believe LSU can do it. But um, I believe the Auburn defense can get pressure on LSU. Um, um, going into this game, Auburn's defensive line, as I said earlier um, in, in the first or second episode, that Auburn has probably, to me, as a group, as a group, the best defensive line in the country. Um Looking at that Auburn defensive line, man, they're just nasty. They're physical. They're they're big. They're quick twitch. They're dominant. I mean, and Derrick Brown himself can can handle a double team. And when you've got one guy that can handle a double team, it makes it a lot easier for the guys around you, like Marlon Davis and uh, Cole, who can just get to the football. And it makes it easier for that linebacker Britt, who who likes to tee off on guys every now and again. But the key players. For this game, I'm looking at, I'm looking at uh, the Auburn secondary. Will they be able to cover? Uh, will they be able to, um, you know, frustrate these LSU receivers? Will they be able to stick with them for a whole four quarters? Um, also, the key player for Auburn I'm looking at will be Bo Nix. Um, Bo Nix uh, coming into this game. Last time he was in an environment. Uh, that was unfriendly was Florida, and he did not have a great game. Um, so this is this is going to be a test for Bo Nix after he you know went into the swamp and had the game that he had. Um, key players I'm looking at for LSU: Edwards Hilaire. Um Can the running backs um, Fournette? Uh, all of those guys. Can those guys? And I think Fournette is no longer with the team. But can those guys frustrate? Uh, and, and, and keep time of possession. You want to make this a time of possession game uh, for Auburn, where they want to make the time of possession game. Auburn, that's, that's another key I'm looking at, the Auburn running backs. Can they make this a time of possession game and keep the ball out of LSU's hands? Um, going into this game, uh, 
Joe Burrow, of course, he's always the key. But my key this week for, for LSU is Grant Dale Pitt. Um, how will LSU take away Seth Williams? Um, if you take away Seth Williams for Auburn, I, I, I really believe pretty much that, you know, Seth Williams taken away from Bo Nix, I don't think Bo Nix – is really connected with the rest of his receivers like he is with Seth Williams. So uh, Florida did a great job of of taking Seth Williams out of the game. And if you do that, I just think Bo Nix is going to be in trouble because every uh, time he snaps the ball or he play actions or drop backs to pass, the first read is Seth Williams uh, watching that game. So I, I got a prediction, and I believe LSU wins this game by 10 to, to 17 points. Uh, maybe a score of 28-17, uh, somewhere around in there, or 24-10, somewhere around in there. Auburn's defense will be physical um, with LSU. Auburn has a great, very physical defense, but I just think LSU on the offensive side of the ball, too much firepower for Auburn to try to stop them for a whole game. The good news is LSU's defense is not as dominant as it has been, so Auburn may have a chance to show that they can run the ball a little bit, but I seriously don't see Auburn walking out of Baton Rouge with a win. With a win. If they do, it'll be a surprise to me. LSU wins this game by at least two touchdowns. On to the next game, uh, the Mississippi State game. Um, going into this game, Mississippi State versus Texas A&M, they're going into College Station. Um, this is – this kicks off at noon. Uh, Texas A&M, they're currently 4-3, and three, uh, two and 2-2 two at home, while Mississippi State also, they're 3-4, and four, and they're 0-2 oh on the road. Uh, and Texas A&M, um, they struggled against the spread this year. But Michigan Miss, – not Michigan, sorry, guys. Mississippi State – um, has lost three or four entering uh, this game. Um, and, and, and they say the Aggies are favored by ten and a half points. I just got – I've got a feeling um, Texas A&M can't stop the run. And Garrett Schrader uh, is a running quarterback. Uh, they've got a good – pretty good running back uh, over at Mississippi State. Um, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Uh, I'm going to make a very bold prediction. Uh, I do predict that Mississippi State, uh, goes into College Station and, and, and loses – no, wins uh, by seven points. Uh, that's my bold prediction for today. I know um, that, that we – you don't see it often, but I'm just making that bold prediction. Texas A&M is not having the season that I feel they were going to have this year. I thought it was going to be uh, – around this time they were going to at least be five and two, six and one – uh, but right now, Texas A&M is um, not the team I thought they were. And I just I just want to make a bold prediction this week that um, Mississippi State goes in and stuns Texas A&M in, in College Station. And Joe Moorhead has not been having the year that he thought he was going to have. Um, but I've got a feeling that Schrader's confidence is up just a little bit. And they go into College Station and they win. That's my bold prediction. Listen, I've got to make a bold prediction. I haven't made one in the last couple of episodes, so this is going to be my bold prediction for the week. Moving on to the Tennessee and South Carolina game. Um, South Carolina coming off that uh, loss to Florida. 
both of these teams are head coached by defensive coordinators Jeremy Pruitt versus uh, Will Muschamp last year. Um, Muschamp uh, got the better of Pruitt, and they won um, – South Carolina won 27-24. Um, now they meet in Knoxville this year. Um, both teams have losing records. They're both two and five, um, not having the season they thought they would have so far. Um, South Carolina, matter of fact, South Carolina is three and four. Tennessee is two and five, and um, both are have losing records in SEC play. Um, Tennessee coming off a loss to Alabama. South Carolina coming off a loss to Florida. Uh, both of these guys have similar defensive coordinator background. Um, right now, I'm predicting South Carolina to win. Um, to me, South Carolina has looked better than Tennessee. Uh, I believe Feaster uh, runs the ball pretty well against um, South Carolina against um, Tennessee. Also, um, the anchor in the middle for South Carolina, I think Kinlaw is going to have a field day against this Tennessee uh, offensive line. Um, I believe, and, and that cornerback, I keep forgetting his name, but that guy is, is huge, 6'4". I see him, uh, you know, covering Jennings for the whole game, uh, kind of taking him out of the game, giving uh, the, the freshman quarterback, if he plays, um, a hard time um, in this game. I feel like that South Carolina defense is just going to pressure him, make him make decisions, quick decisions. And I like Helinski a whole lot more than I like Maurer right now. So I'm going to pick South Carolina going into Tennessee, giving it a score of 27-21, 27-20, around in that area, South Carolina winning by a touchdown. Moving on to the Missouri and the Kentucky game. Um, not much to really talk about in that game to me. Um, Missouri going into that game 5-2, and two. Uh, Kentucky – uh, going into that game, going into that game three and four, but they're three and one at home, um, and Missouri is zero and two on the road. Um, Kentucky's not having the year they they. I mean, everybody assumed they would have, which I knew they wouldn't have a, a great year this year due to them losing as much as they lost last year to the in the draft or to the NFL or to graduation. So. Right now, uh, Missouri is coming off a shocking loss to Vanderbilt. So I feel like uh, Missouri comes into that game angry, upset, frustrated. Um, and right now I've got um, Missouri winning this game by two touchdowns. Uh, I just feel like they're going to go into Kentucky. They're going to go into Lexington uh, frustrated, mad, upset about the loss to Vanderbilt. And I feel like they're going to play better football. Uh, Kentucky dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, I, I just don't see Missouri not walking out of there uh, without a win. So Missouri wins that game by at least two touchdowns. Going into the next game, uh, Arkansas headed into T-Town. Um, question marks coming into this game uh, for Alabama. Um, will the offense be effective uh, without Tua, will Mac Jones be able to step up and win a game? And I believe Mac Jones can win this game 
especially starting his first game, you know, at home in T-Town where he's comfortable. He's got two running backs behind him that he can hand the ball off to that can, you know, boost his confidence a little bit with the play action. He's got receivers that he can spread the ball to, get, you know, the ball out quick to. And I just feel like this is a game where Alabama is going to establish the run a little bit more. Arkansas last week, they gave up almost 300 – well, gave up basically 300 yards against the Auburn running game. And I just feel like this is a weekend where Alabama established the run game, establishes their dominance at the line of scrimmage with the offensive line, getting that push. And I just feel like Mac Jones maybe throws the ball probably 18 to 22 times. He doesn't have to throw it much. Let's just get out of here with the win. It's the mentality for this weekend. Alabama wins by at least three touchdowns. Um, the running back score at least three to four touch four of those touchdowns. So I just got a feeling that Alabama's just gonna establish the run and kind of just reestablish the dominance on defense that they did last week against Tennessee, gave up only two hundred and thirty one yards. And I just feel like this is another weekend for Alabama to build that defense. Arkansas, uh Chad Moore's not having the best year, but he is rebuilding in Arkansas. Um you know, Bo Pelini, he did not have the type of players in Arkansas that Chad Morris would like to build his offense around. So it's going to take another year or maybe two for Chad Morris to actually build that Arkansas program and put his brand on that program um, in Fayetteville. But I've got Alabama winning easy by three touchdowns. Um, Alabama establishes their dominance in this game on the defensive side as well as in the run game. Uh, and let's go into a bye week, roll tide. Uh, let's go into a bye week uh, for the LSU game. Um, getting reports that Tua's injury is not as bad as it was last year, so that's good news. Um, and he may be uh, starting rehab as of tomorrow because I think he had to – no, maybe started rehab today. Uh, because he had to sit on it, as Nick Saban said in a press conference earlier, that he had to sit on it for four days before he could even walk on it. So I believe once he start walk, starts walking, the therapy uh, will begin for Tua Tungavailoa. Um, hopefully we can have him back against that LSU uh, team, and hopefully we can have him not only back, but have him back healthy. Uh, going into the next game, I want to talk about, and I know we're going we're going outside of the conference now. Those are pretty much all the SEC games this week. Like I said, we've got a you know short week. Florida has a bye. Georgia has a bye, and I'm going to get into that as well. It's, it's amazing how both of them have a bye before they face each other. This is a chance for Georgia to get healthy, for Florida to get healthy, and for Georgia to figure out how they're going to push the ball down the field through the air against Florida, and I just believe that's going to be a good game, but neither here nor there. Uh, we're going to move forward to the Penn State and Michigan State game. Going into that game, uh, Penn State, Penn State, uh, I believe we're the Penn State's um, uh, maturity in this game will be tested. They come off a big win against Michigan. Um, they almost allowed Michigan to come back into that game, and I believe the word from – uh, Coach Franklin this week is to finish, uh, to finish. Uh, we need to finish. You almost allowed Michigan to come back and tie that game or beat you. So this week I think he's going. it's going to test their maturity. It's going to test their will. Um, uh, Michigan State, um, 
they're four and three, two and two in the Big Ten. Uh, knowing Michigan State, they always have a pretty good defense. Um, but I mean, I just don't see them beating beating Penn State. They rank a hundred, a uh, hundredth nationally in offense and 110th in rushing yards, 96th in scoring. I just don't think um, they have enough. Uh, Penn State, it'll be another battle. They rank fourth in the nation in run defense, 12th in total defense. Um, the Nittany Lions, they're only allowing 10 points uh, per, ga- per game. Um, and Michigan State, um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, 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 this Michigan State team does not have it easy right now. I mean, in the last three weeks, the Nittany Lions, Penn State, they're only giving up 10 points per game, which is the third best in the country. Watch this. Behind the last two defenses face, which was Wisconsin, 7.6 points per game, and Ohio State, 8 points per game. And I just see um, the DN, Cam Brown, Mac Parsons, um, not DN, but linebackers, Mac, Michael Parsons and Cam Brown having a field day. Um, and Penn State makes pretty big plays on offense. So I kind of got Penn State winning that game. Uh, I'm going to say by two touchdowns, 24-10, 28-17, somewhere in there, Penn State gets out of East Lansing uh, with a win. Moving on to the next game, uh, 6-30 game, number eight, Notre Dame, uh, number 19, Michigan. Um, Notre Dame has some good news. They get some speed back. Uh, with their running back Armstrong. He's coming back from that elbow in- injury that he had against um, that he had against Virginia. Virginia when they played Virginia. Um, Notre Dame coming in with a five and one record, Michigan coming in five and two. Um, the question is, uh, will Ian Book be able to stay poised against that Don Brown defense that Michigan has? We know Don Brown likes to mix up blitzes. He loves to blitz. He loves to play his cornerbacks on an island, and he loves to frustrate a quarterback with different looks on defense, uh, bringing pressure. Uh, but Notre Dame averaging 39 points a game, Michigan averaging 29, uh, both teams averaging – uh, well, Penn State, I mean, Notre Dame is actually averaging 400-plus yards a game, Michigan averaging um, just under 400. Uh, so I think it's going to be a pretty tough game, pretty tough matchup. Question is, can Michigan establish the run against this Notre Dame defense? Um, can they establish it and get Shea Patterson comfortable Getting him, giving him time to do play action. And what I love about this Notre Dame team is they show that they're physical. Um, when I watched them in that Georgia game, they've matched Georgia's physicality for four quarters. And I'm just believing that they can do that with Michigan. I've got Notre Dame getting out of Ann Arbor with a 10-point win. Ian Book throws for three touchdowns. Um, I, I just got a feeling that Notre Dame gets out of there with a 10-point, 10, 10 to 14-point win. And the last game, moving on to the last game we're going to talk about, um, this game comes on at 11 o'clock. Um, I, I I don't understand why this game is coming on 11 o'clock, but it is at 11 o'clock, but it is. Uh, we're talking about the Wisconsin Badgers versus the Ohio State Buckeyes, um, number 13, Wisconsin, number three, Ohio State. Um I've just got a feeling that Ohio State wins this game. Um, the question, you know, going into this game, 
for Wisconsin, um, they have a top-ranked defense. Yes, that's true. Uh, they have a pretty good defense. But um, who has Wisconsin faced uh, besides Michigan, who is struggling on offense, who has an offense like this? Uh, the question for Wisconsin is um, can Jack Cone um, at QB, can he get it going? Can he pass the ball against this stingy Ohio State defense? Um, can Jonathan Taylor get it going against this Ohio State defense? Um, being that, you know, he's going to have to get it going in order to get Jack Cone going because um, he's going to need the play action this game. Uh, he's definitely going to need the play action for this game against this Ohio State defense. But the reason I say I just see Ohio State winning by two touchdowns, um, possibly three, uh, is because you've got three guys on the back end that just frustrates receiver. you got Okuda, Arnett, and Wade, and um, three of the best uh, corners uh, that, that anchors this. And, and being Okuda, who anchors this secondary, probably one of the top secondaries in the country, my top three secondary in the country to watch. Um, also, uh, I, my question is with Wisconsin, can they last on for four quarters on defense against Ohio State? Because Ohio State has had games this year where they start out slow against teams and then – by the second quarter, they've made the adjustments and they just start pulling away from teams. And pretty much by halftime or even a little after halftime, that game's pretty much over. It's just too many offensive weapons. I mean, you've got Teague, you've got Dobbins, you've got Fields, um, you, you've got receivers uh, spread across the field. So I, I just don't see um, Wisconsin getting getting – uh, out of Ohio State with a win. They go into the horseshoe. They lose this game. I'm going to say Ohio State wins 31-14, uh, 31-20, somewhere in there. Ohio State gets out with the win. Listen, you've been tuned in for the past 25 minutes of Spit That Game. And before we leave, as I've said, we're always going to have a quote for you whenever we end the show. And this is a great quote. I love this quote. Uh, it's by J.J. White of the Houston, Texas. He says, success isn't own, it's lease, and rent is due every day. Listen, you've always got to put the work in each day. You cannot take a day off. You cannot take a minute off. You cannot take a second off. If you're going to be successful in what you're doing, you have to give it your all Every day, every second, every millisecond, every minute, every hour. Listen, I'm your host, Chris. You have been tuned in with me for the past 25 to 27 minutes of Spit That Game. I promise you, let's get through this weekend. Let's see how this weekend plays out. I will see you guys. Hit Well, not see you guys because you can't see me yet because we're not on YouTube, but we're working on it. Listen. Last 25 minutes you've been with me. I'm your host, Chris. Thank you for sacrificing this little bit of time for me. This is Spit That Game. Talk to you later. Peace out.